Okay, there we go. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to John chapter 1. We're actually going to be going to 1 John as well to uh, expand and extrapolate more of what John has here. I'm telling you, John fascinates me. I believe that he was most likely the youngest disciple of Christ, but also I believe he was in what, what we can catch. He was in the priestly line. He was actually going to be a priest, but the Lord saw fit to bring him his way. And boy, what he has done and just how he used language to describe exactly what it is that we have in Christ and what he saw in Christ. So let's pray and ask the Lord just to open our eyes. There's there's much to be seen here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we once again behold the Lamb, I pray that you would give us a fresh vision that we, we yearn for, we so desire the time when we are going to see him, we're going to see you face to face. But until then, may our passion and our focus not lose anything, not lose its wonder as we talked about before, but also not lose the purpose that's there that we can share. We pray in Christ's name, amen. All right, briefly, from last week, we looked at this when it comes to Christ. Verse 9 of John 1, we saw that Christ is the light. Verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And you stop and consider It's not just the record of God, but his creation. God placed his hand. He placed his stamp from his hand on on creation. It shows who he is. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Again, like we talked about last week, you see that, and you recognize my soul, his presence was here. And that will, that will get to mean more tonight as we go to 1 John. We saw him as, as the light. We saw him that he is the son. Look at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Now catch that, the, the word beheld. We beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, we're going to be coming back to this, but I'd like for you to take a journey with me to 1 John. Go to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. I wanted to go here somewhat last week, just didn't get a chance. Look at 1 John 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, 
which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest, manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Now we're not gonna be going into this in depth, all those verses, all four verses tonight. We don't have to do that. There's going to be some that we're going to get to though, that it's just a blessing to sit back and meditate on. That which was from the beginning, that's Christ. He's speaking of Christ. Now he does something here, John does. He, he's plain in speech, but he's deep in content. I, I don't know how else, how else to put it. He is fully aware. I believe John is older. He has looked back. He's remembering these things. And in the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he's fully aware of what he's saying. I'm convinced, I'm convinced of it. He's putting together his words in such a way that his listeners know what he said. You, you study it, you read some of the commentators, and it's, again, it's, it's, it's a joy. So when in this phrase, when he says, that which was from the beginning, the thing, first of all, to take note is to John, John has taken the Old Testament and the New Testament, and he's brought them together. He has, he's nailed them together. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There it is, bam. John 1, we've already seen it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Literally, God was the Word. John is basically saying this, this person that I had such an intimate relationship with. This person is the same one who created the world. Now, again, I, I, I get to thinking, I was looking at some video of uh, President Reagan. B by the way, it, it's, it's a joy. It was a joy to read some of the things that our presidents have done uh, when it comes to prayer, the need for prayer here in America. And uh, it's just, it, it's, it's, a kick, it's a kick to read. But then, you know, face it, Ronald Reagan, he, he brought some of his savvy from Hollywood into the White House, and he knew how, the, how to do the job. But when we met him, you know, it's like, there he is. I mean, it's like, now I met two other presidents, Okay, but the point is, is like, it was, it was amazing. And, and you could tell, you know, the people that were around him, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, the Secret Service loved him. 
they spoke so glowingly of him. I mean, he's not even president anymore. This is March 1990. But when we got to meet him and such, it was, it was absolutely amazing. Think about John. There's every good possibility that he's related somewhat physically to Christ, that their mothers, earthly mothers, were sisters. But he's seeing, and again, others, they're, they're, as we'll see, it's the same thing. They're looking at him. I love a personal account. You know, I, I love the book of Luke. Don't, you know, don't misunderstand. Luke drew from other people, and he wrote a detailed account to Theophilus. This, all the things that we've seen and heard, that this we declare unto you, you know, et cetera. But John was there. And you meditate on it. You sit on it. I don't know why it is, but as I have gotten older, there's, there's a practice that has gotten more, I, I, I just like it. I'll take a phrase, I'll take one verse, and I'll sit on it. And I mean, I'll just meditate on it. And you can do that here. What, not only with John chapter 1, but 1 John. Look again, verse 1, verse 1 in 1 John. He says this, which we have heard. Now, now catch what he's saying here. Which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Speaking of Luke, in Luke 10, Jesus said this to the disciples. Now hear this. Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. That was an interesting way of saying, you're blessed with what you're watching right now. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have heard them not. You stop and consider this. David, he would have loved to have seen it. Solomon, ditto. Samuel, obviously. Moses, no question. But instead, it was fishermen, and a tax collector, and, you know, a young man by the name of John. Oh, and a traitor. You know, and on and on and on. <laughs> They're the ones that saw it. There's a commentator by the name of Hybert. He said this, what they heard had a transforming impact on them, leaving them unshakably assured as to the true identity of their teacher. Their relationship as his personal hearers terminated. It's over with now, physically. But the perfect tense, have heard, implies that the revelation received, the message he communicated, still rings in John's ears. It was like it happened yesterday to him. And he's an old man at this time. You stop and consider that. Look at this, which we have seen with our eyes. It's kind of interesting here. To, to understand, see this, no pun intended, that word seen or a variable of it seems to be an important 
seem to be most important of the three senses of John. He uses the very same word in the Greek to describe the moment of his conversion. Remember in John 20, he saw and believed. John was the first one to arrive to the tomb, but he didn't go in. This is where people think that quite possibly, I think I turned up the heat in here a little too much. So forgive me, if you wanna turn them down a little bit, you're welcome to, buddy. Um, he stopped. Well, a, a priest couldn't go in where there was a dead body. So he stopped. Peter came and he, he, he kind of pushed John out of the way and he went in. And then John went in and it's amazing. They, they couldn't understand. They, the, the word there where, they, where, where they're at in John 20, it says, they saw, they looked, they beheld with intelligence is what it means. They were wondering what took place. And you stop and think again in John 20. They came and they couldn't understand until they perceived because of what they saw, the clothes were there. They were undisturbed. They just went flat. And then they realized Jesus passed through them the very same way he passed through the rock. The only reason why that stone was rolled back was for them to be able to see in. It wasn't gonna hold, it wasn't gonna hold Christ. Again, 1 John 1, which we have looked upon. Now that has the idea of scrutinizing. So what John is saying is he's saying, look, we just didn't glance. We looked and then we looked intently and then we scrutinized. I mean, we got down to business in this. We're watching him to the point where he says, our hands have handled. Now we just read, again, I said, take note of this. In, in John 1:14, we beheld his glory. Now there was one time that they did, obviously. They saw him in the Mount of Transfiguration but they saw him in seeing that as who he is of the word of life. Again, a direct reference to Christ in John 1.1. It's Christ that gives life. John is seeking to get people to realize that not only did he create physical life, after we fell into sin, he's the one that gives us new life. You know, you start thinking about, I guess, and there might be a few people that get upset with me saying, saying something about this, but from what I understand, the president of the Mormon church just recently died. I think his last name was Ballard. So they're having all, they're saying all that. I believe that, I, I just, I, I got snippets of that online. You know what he's realizing? Christ was the savior. And the salvation is by faith alone through Christ alone. And you consider this, and, and, and I, I ran across a guy that, that made this statement. He says, you know something? Systems and religions don't bring life. 
everybody's got a system. Everybody has, you know, something that they prioritize. You could call it a religion in their life. That's not what gives life, true life as God created it. See John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Now go to verse two in 1 John. Again, I'm going back, hearing what Christ or what John is about to say about Christ at the end of John 1, it got me going on this. For the life was manifested and we have seen it, there's the word again, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So who was with the Father? The Son. Now it's come to us, he's come to us, and it's manifested, it is revealed. That's what that word means. And we have seen it and bear witnesses. Excuse me, and bear witness. We are witnesses. We are giving a clear account. And it's not just John. It's Peter, it's James, on and on and on. Those that were with him, they are showing him. That, verse three again, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. Now, John has done just a great job in showing Christ. It's not just 1 John, it's 2 John, it's 3 John, it's the Revelation, but it's also the book of John. And I thought, what a joy to come back to this. That which we have seen and heard, declare, we announce, we report as a person, from a person, about a person. It's the idea of passing on to others that which has been authoritatively given to them. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. This one that we saw, our, you know, we were close, we were so intimate with him. Now we're taking what he gave us and we're handing it over to you and we're telling you we were witnesses there. We saw it. We saw him. And that is the joy of it all. Now, having said that, let's go back to John chapter one. John chapter one. I love the approach of the apostle John when it comes to Christ. But now we're going to what he recorded that John the Baptist said. Look at verse 29. He showed him as the light, showed him as the sun. He is now the lamb. The next day, John the Baptist seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold, the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred, preferred, preferred before me, for he was before me. John the Baptist knows exactly who he's talking about as well. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. You know, we're coming up on Christmas time. And once again, there are so many thoughts that come into our mind. Because the fact is, on the one hand, 
You know, it's a joyous time to get together, friends, family, church family. On the other hand, there's so much that the people out there are missing because the wicked one is steering them away of this, from this idea, the Lamb of God. I remember specifically, I don't remember the organization, but this guy that got online, that, that he was on, um, not online, excuse me, he was talking to a um, television news crew and he was mocking the fact that, don't, don't you realize, you know, this, this thing about, you know, these, um, uh, these Christmas uh, things, you know, the, the, the nativities and all these things. Don't you realize what it's saying, how stupid this is? I mean, they're saying, you know, that he came to take, you know, save us from our sins. I thought, buddy, there's going to come a time you're going to wish you had listened. Absolutely. Historically, when it comes to the lamb, the Passover refers back to a time when God delivered Israel from Egypt. We know that story. Exodus 11, there was a lamb that the Jews had to slay, put the blood of the lamb on the, on the, the, the top and the sides there on their door so that the angel would pass over. Those that didn't have it, the, first, the firstborn died. Symbolically, the Passover pictured the coming of Jesus Christ. And isn't it interesting that this, is, this was that which was given John the Baptist. What is it that he's going to preach? He's going to preach the Lamb. Why? Now, we can, we can go back and forth on that, but salvation is given to the Jew first. And if there's one thing that the Jews needed to understand about Jesus Christ, it was this, Christ came. He will be their king, but he came as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And Jews would understand the implication of all that. They would get it. It was amazing how they went back and forth with John the Baptist. The eating of the lamb pictured the need for spiritual nourishment of he who was also, by the way, the bread of life. The, the major point to note is this. It was the blood of the lamb that saved the people, just like the person who brought the lamb came by faith looking forward to what it was that the Lord had waiting for them. But Christ is the one that came to fulfill all that. What were these people interested in though? Especially, I'm speaking of the leadership. They wanted their kingdom. They wanted the kingdom in the earth. So the lamb is a picture of the precious blood of Christ. And he's the one, John says, this is who he is. First John, hey, we were so intimate with him. This is exactly what we went through. We saw, we understood. But I'm telling you, I'm giving you the record of John the Baptist who was sent, who was prophesied 
that he came and said, he's the lamb of God. He came to sacrifice for our sins. But listen, note a critical point, just like now. It was not the deed that caused God to remove the sins, but the faith of the person in God's word that he would remove the sins, again, with the sacrifice. And it's still the same today. Again, this is a picture of Christ, this being the lamb. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned away. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We know that passage. You go to Revelation chapter five, verse six. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. You know, we're gonna be saying goodbye to another sister in Christ tomorrow. She hasn't been here in a while, obviously. But, you know, we are also thinking about others that might be soon going to be with the Lord. But I get to thinking about my family and what they see. And I know what would happen. One of them, I am sure, they said, Mike, you have no idea. Just, just preach the word. But when you get here, you're going to be so amazed. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. There's a couple of things that we need to always remember though. The lamb of God is not of men, but is of God. God sent the son. Secondly, the lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. The phrase taketh away means to lift away, to carry off. It means to bear in behalf of one as one's substitute. Jesus Christ was the substitute for to take away all the sin of the world. But what needs to happen? They need to trust him. Isn't it so sad? We're, year after year, we have two places that we wind up being in where we understand if we know the Bible, what's going on, but we hurt for those that don't. First of all, the birth of Christ. Secondly, the celebration of his death, burial, and resurrection. No wonder Satan works so hard to kill it. I mean, when we think of this, he who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, 1 Peter 2. What an incredible joy. By the way, I, I, I skipped something right here. I, I, need to, I need to go back. Taketh away the sin, singular, of the world. The word sin there, singular, not plural. All the sins of the world are taken and placed in one package. You ever do this when you were, when you were a young Christian? Okay, now wait a minute. Uh, I trusted Christ, so I'm saved, but what about if I sin tomorrow? Now, come on, you ever been there? What happens to the sin I sin tomorrow? We need to give Roger some, you know, some encouragement because we know Roger, he just probably is going to send to my, right? <laughs> yeah, before, yeah, there you go. And, and, and we'll ask Cheryl about that. But no, but you know something? Past, present, future. It's done. It's done. Amen to that.
Go back, John 1, one more time. John 1, verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. May that be, seriously, our message, especially in these next several weeks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the message of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that John was so intent on, on, on detailing what he and the other disciples saw. It's such a record. He looks us, as it were, in the eye and says, I was there. We saw him, we scrutinized him, we touched him. He is exactly who he said he was. Lord, we're thankful for that. We trust him, and I pray that in this place, especially in the next several weeks, there will be people that will trust him here as well. I pray in Christ's name, amen.